Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast. We are joined once again by the legendary brother, the brother of Jared, uh, who is here for a part two of his story. We talked about his story last week largely in the little ways that his testimony, you know, may have faltered a little bit growing up before and after his mission, and then how he kind of had his um, come to Jesus moment when he he realized uh, the church was not what it claims to be and and went on that journey a little bit prompted along by his wife and uh, and now um, we just we just talked about how you had um, how, how you had been asked by your bishop like basically what are you he was like trying to figure out how black you are and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like just asking weird questions and then uh, that combined with uh, nightmares about your mission that's kind of how you found like the nightmares is how you found uh, the ex-mormon <clears throat> community and realized you're not the only one that that has had that and of course i guess i should mention that uh, bishop jensen if, is of course presiding at this meeting <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. yeah but yeah do you want to let's let's jump right back into it um Phyllison, you found the ex-Mormon subreddit. You started talking to people there. You found this podcast. Like, tell us, take us on the rest of the, your journey as you're deconstructing your faith. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for, um, <clears throat> thanks. Um, yeah, so after I found this subreddit, you know, and, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, were taught this, the same thing growing up. Anything that's ex-Mormon related, anti-Mormon is of the devil it's yeah. bad so i did have i i'm not gonna lie my when i was reading the subreddit for the first time it's like my heart was pounding like i like my heart was gonna explode mm -hmm. this is the first time i actually you know aside from what my wife had told me this is the first time i started reading on my own about you know stuff that you know was anti-mormon mm -hmm. well at least in their words and so people were just telling me left and right about their experiences, how, where they're at now, how, you know, these nightmares are a reoccurring thing. And I was like, well, I don't want to have this for the rest of my life. Like this is miserable. Yeah. And I, I, there was, I can't really remember the name, but there was someone who had posted like, yeah, I started to go see a religious trauma expert. And he said, by going to this expert, I was able to, you know, kind of, you know, I guess deprogram and not have these same anxieties, stress, nightmares. Like I kind of, they were basically saying they felt like they had a grasp on their life again. Hmm. Like, like their life was no longer being dictated by like this imaginary being or the Mormon God. Yeah. They could kind of think for themselves. And I was like, man, I would, I would love to feel that. Um, so when I saw y'all's podcast, someone mentioned it, I was like, you know, I'll give it a go. I had never really been exposed to any kind of, um, podcast or really anyone that was kind of talking about, you know, people's experiences outside of the church. So when I, <clears throat> when I listened to a few of the episodes, I was kind of blown away by like other people's experiences, seeing that a lot of people went through a lot of the same things that I went through mm -hmm. and kind of when they left there was a very like, I wasn't really ready for how 
stressful mm-hmm. <laughs> leaving really would be because mm-hmm. you you you'd imagine like you know there are a bunch of churches that my friends had gone to and they they stopped going and that was the end of it yeah they never reached out to them they just kind of you left you're gone you're good but i it wasn't the same with us it wasn't the same with our religion you had to like i mean people were like you know slamming to get out you know, there's not that many people like kind of banging on the doors of the church to get in. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of people just struggling to leave. Yeah. So out of curiosity, like, is there any episode or story from anybody else who's been on the podcast that was particularly influential <clears throat> or that stands out to you? Um, yes. I, I just get surprised because uh, Elder Jackson and I kind of put this together as a hobby podcast. As and, the and most it was us hobby just, podcasts just to BS and kind of talk about our experience out of the church. And it was our outlet to kind of get over it. Mm -hmm. And then when we hear that it's had a impact on people, we're always, we're kind of surprised Mm -hmm. because it's just like our, our very casual banter. And, uh, and then we find out that our casual banter or casual banter with other guests helps somebody. And it's, that's what we intended to do it for, but we're just kind of like surprised when it happens. So yeah. Yeah, um, there were I really bad memory sometimes. So, but I believe it was Brother Lehi's story, mm, right? <laughs> I love his story, um, and there was a few sisters that were on. I remember hearing their experiences, and I was like, "Man, like it just I I feel like that kind of like the casualness is what is really opening. You know, it's it's a it's a more like relaxing way to kind of be introduced to all this." Um, people had told me about John Dillon's podcast and I'd listened to an episode or two kind of after I heard y'all's and I'm not, you know, comparing or trying to say that, you know, Oh, one's better than the other. But, um, I, I, you know, I liked his podcast. They're way more informative. I mean, not that this one isn't or anything, but they were way more like to the point. Right. And I mean, it was just kind of, it wasn't as good of a transition for me to kind of start listening to this stuff, but hearing y'all's podcast was just. Like I remember my wife listening. She was like, "I kind of like John DeLynn's a little better because they're more kind of, I don't know. It's just it just was different." Mm-hmm, but I mm-hmm. said, "I really love their podcast. Like I listen to you guys' podcast like on on the road to like my job sites. Like I was listening to it like every morning because it kind of would help me kind of feel more confident about my decision to leave. And that like relaxedness really was a great transition to me to for me to make those like steps." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I guess I love y'all's podcast. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad we can help. It's kind of nice. So I think one thing that's great is within um, within ex Mormonism, um, there are so many different perspectives and so many different experiences <clears throat> that everybody's going to be able to find somebody that they can relate to. Um, oh, you're a Swedish person who left the church i'm a swedish person who left the church you know let's talk (laughs) about that um oh you grew up in in texas as a a, as a member of the church so did i you know what was your experience like and then you can compare cross-culturally too and Mm -hmm. come to appreciate that a lot of people have diverse experiences leaving the church a lot of people have diverse experiences in the church and and i think it just allows us to i don't know have there's almost a a sense of communal mourning 
um, of, of this loss. At least that's that's what I get from it. And yeah, every time that somebody comes on this show um, and we get to interview them and hear about their experience, um, it makes me feel less alone uh, mm-hmm. because you lose a lot when when you leave the church. And so, yeah, yeah I appreciate you sh- sharing that with us. Uh, what was your experience like actually leaving, like actually making those steps to get out? It, it was, I was very scared. I'm not going to lie. Cause mm-hmm. my, my biggest concern was how my family was going to react. Yeah. You know, it's like, I almost kind of pre like, I don't know, like readied myself. Like, you know, my, my family from my wife's side, you know, my in-laws, they're, they're very incredible. Um, I think 90% of them have left. So they were all very supportive of me. Yeah. So, I thought to myself, well, if my family decides, because stuff like this has happened in in the Latino culture, you know, I, I've heard of stories of people coming out, um, just choosing a different lifestyle than what you know what customs are, and their family just disowning them. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a part. I don't want you to be a part of this family. Well, we're not going to talk to you. So I was very concerned that that would happen, um, but I was very happy to know that at least from my, you know, my in-laws that they were very supportive. They were actually like, you know, uh, for the majority of them, some of them weren't as involved, but a lot of them were very excited that me and my wife were finally taking the steps to kind of, you know, you know, think for ourselves now and to kind of feel free from the shackles or whatever. Um, and I, I, I started by telling some friends, you know, I told my best friends, and they were all like, wow, we, I told them kind of my experience in the church, some things I never told them. And they were like, wow, I mean, we know you were Mormon this whole time, but we didn't know it was like this. We just yeah. thought you guys were, you know, <laughs> their basis of what Mormons were, were kind of what you would see in the South Park episode. Mm-hmm. That's kind of all they knew. Yeah. And I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> that's kind <laughs> yeah. of what, yeah. that's kind of it's like. <laughs> and, you know, uh, they were very supportive. They were like, hey, man, we're. I mean, if you guys are leaving, we're, 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 you know, we're happy for you guys. Like, like we're, we're glad that you guys are, you know, feel like you, this is something you guys need. They're very supportive. Mm-hmm. And I, I did start to tell my, my family, I started with my siblings first. I told my sister, my brother, um, they were both like, you know, like, Oh, we're, you know, we're a little sad that you're leaving, but Hey, you know, we're, or if this is what you feel is best for y'all, then by all means go for it. Yeah. Like, we're still going to love you. We're still your brother and sister. Nothing's changing. So that for me was monumental because I was like, I still would have left no matter what, but I kind of, you know, when, when you go through this, it's like, you know, it's like leaving a 25 year old relationship. You know? yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it, it's a, it's a big change. And at first I thought to myself, it's not gonna be that bad. You know, it's just leaving. You're just by, but it was, it was like losing a part of me that I was desperately trying to get rid of. Yeah. And my mom was probably the kind of, she was very, so she was very sad. You know, she's cried. She was like, not, you know, she was kind of like, I, you know, I, she kind of told me like, I never imagined you would tell me this. I never mm-hmm. would have expected it to come from you. Cause mm-hmm. she kind of looked up that because even my brother served a mission that we were like, like regarded the highest in our family. Yeah. And I told her, you know, I said, I, I don't know where I'm at spiritually. I, I want to say I believe in a God. 
mm-hmm. but I just can't, I just can't keep being a part of this. Like I just, it's not healthy for me. It's not healthy for my wife. And, you know, at this point I was like very much like if I, I was more concerned about how my wife was feeling and how it was really eating her up more than about myself. And I was also really wanting, you know, to, I just felt like it was best for us to leave. And she, she did say, um, you know, after I told her, after we talked, she was like, well, you know, it, it upsets me, but I'm still your mom. I still love you. Nothing's going to change. So, so I, so were you telling your parents that you're actually resigning your membership or were you just saying like, I'm not doing church anymore? Resigning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So was, this is their re- reaction to the actual resignation. Yeah. I, I kind of went straight to that. Cause I was like, yeah. I don't think I can just not go. Cause that's what my mom thought at first. Like, oh, you're just not going to go. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm pulling my records. And that's when the conversation shifted. Like, wow. She could accept that I wasn't going to go. But when I told her that I wanted to resign, it mm-hmm. was like, and I understand, you know, mm-hmm. as she was taught as a child, when she was baptized, that the eternal family only works if everyone stays a member. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it's like the world is crashing. And she did, you know, after a little bit kind of accept, she was like, you know, I'm still going to love you and your wife. Nothing's going to change. Uh, it does sadden me, but I will always be your mom. So mm-hmm. that was incredible to hear. Like I, it was what I needed to hear. Honestly, that was my, my biggest concern was like, like finally like resolved, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I think the hardest part for a lot of us about leaving is that fear of losing family and friends. <clears throat> and, and yeah, just hearing from somebody like, Hey, that, you know, that's fine. <laughs> like it makes a it makes a big difference or at least you know hearing hey okay you know this is different this is weird for me i don't understand but i still love you i i think that makes a huge huge difference and so you went through quick quit mormon i think you at least that i know of you might be the only one of our guests at least that's brought it up on the show uh what was that experience like oh my gosh it was um so I we had been so we have uh, other family members in California mm-hmm. that had left, but I guess in California they're way more persistent than they were down here because it got so bad that they had to contact you know lawyers like if you try to reach out to us we will con- you know you'll have to go through our attorney, and we were told by um, <clears throat> my sister in law told me that hey there's this guy called like Mark. Noggle, I think I have horrible pronunciation, but he does a lot of this stuff almost pro bono. He just is willing to help people who are wanting to get leave the church, and he's basically like their attorney. You know, you have to get like a paper notarized, you know, making sure that it is you. Um, but apparently, I saw a podcast with him on John Dolan's podcast about how it used to be a lot easier to leave mm-hmm. the church. You could just uh, email him, and he would tell the church, "Hey." This member no longer wants to be a member. If you want to contact them, you're going to have to contact me. And if you know, this will become a whole legal action, mm-hmm. whole legal issue. And I guess the church wasn't too happy about that. They kind of wanted you to go to go through the bishop, you know, basically be love bombed until you were guilted to join. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was like, I don't want to go through that. I just want to get this done, and I don't want yeah. to have to talk to the bishop, especially not the bishop that you know had <laughs> a little bit of issues with some stuff. Yeah, um, the bishop who wants to know how black you are. Exactly. Yeah. 
That's the, that was that was the only thing he ever cared about. It's the only question yeah. he ever asked me. I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how that sits with me. Okay, cool, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to resign through that bishop either. I, no. Yeah, that sounds like a guy's focused on the wrong thing. So, yeah, I can true. imagine resignation would be a oh a hassle, just a hassle. Yeah. Oh yeah. But and, so you, you go go ahead. Oh, this is gonna be real quick. Um, so one thing that he mentioned on his on when Mark was on John's podcast was that it got really hard because there were points when some you know there would be kids who would um, you know say oh well you know they, they may have had a fight with their grandma right mm. and they were like well you know what I'm gonna go online and say that my grandma wants to not be a member anymore. Mm-hmm. and that yeah. would get sent in and yeah. the church was like hey we're having these people send in false resignations yeah. so the church really hounded them to where mm-hmm. you had to get a notarized letter. It was like this whole ridiculous process. So yeah, that was just it that, you know, that the church actually just wanted to make it harder for you to leave no matter mm-hmm. what. It's like, even if there was this other way to avoid confrontation, you're still going to have a hard time no matter what, which just doesn't seem right to me. No, no. And I mean, the Lord's house is a house of order. So, you know, um, but yeah, it is frustrating how it's how different it is to leave the the LDS church versus other churches. Like other churches, you just you just stop going. You know, it's yeah. like eh, you know didn't didn't feel the vibe there. But with with the Mormons, it's it's really really intense. So <clears throat> you eventually you have you gotten your letter? Like, is it done? Is it done done? So. I guess because of how difficult the church has made it to leave, sometimes you may not even get a letter saying that your documents have been removed. Hmm. Uh, you might just have to believe that they are because, you know, it's kind of, I believe all this goes to, I can't remember his name, but there's someone who's kind of in charge of all the legality uh, issues with, you know, with the church and he receives them and it's up to him to kind of confirm that you are leaving mm-hmm. and send it back to Mark. And then he sends you an email kind of with a letter saying that you have been resigned fully from the church. Uh, my wife did get hers. Um, I haven't received anything yet. So he did email saying that there is a possibility that I think now instead of just sending out these letters saying that you got that you've resigned, they just kind of put it on a spreadsheet that, okay, this person has left. Right. And that's it because they kind of don't really want it to be a monumental thing. It's kind of more of a, okay, whatever you left, it's mm-hmm. on the spreadsheet. Done. Yeah. Yeah, especially Which, especially people framing their letters and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Which we are. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, they they don't want it to be like a source of of pride or like a rallying yeah. <laughs> thing. Like, look at me. I left. You can leave too. Um, yeah. Like my my aunt left when she was seventeen, and yeah. um, never resigned though. Like, and I told her I was like, oh yeah, you should have your records removed because. Yeah. Then you get this cool letter and then they never contact you. Like, it's great. She's like, oh, yeah, I should do that. It's been like 30 years. And now she's like, (laughs) okay, yeah, yeah, maybe I will. Um, But yeah, that's awesome. So you actually, it sounds like that happened pretty quick, like finding the ex-Mormon subreddit and then being like, yep, we're we're done having our records removed. It was pretty fast. It was, yeah, no, it it was... I mean, it's all been within the span of like two to three months. Wow. And I, I mean, it was, it was the push that we both needed. 
you know, I was honestly, we were both like, I know at this point, my wife was like, she was just ready to go. She was just waiting for me to make the, the decision. And, um, I, people have asked me, like, do you feel like it was because your wife like told you all this and do you feel like she pressured you to, cause that was what a lot of people asked me. Like, is this, are mm-hmm. you leaving because of her or are you leaving because you genuinely want to? And I told them I genuinely wanted to leave, but I'm very grateful that my wife told me what, you know, when she did, because it was what I needed to hear. Um, I had already faced enough things in my past where I was like, I just really needed to like almost another confirmation that this is just not true. Mm -hmm. And I told them I had enough things that I had dealt with that were influencing my decisions to leave. So hearing all this from her just kind of like, well, I can't also in good conscience be affiliated with something that brings my wife such distress. It's just not, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I can't, live thinking that I go to this institution that, you know, harms and demoralizes, demeans like women and just be like, cool, you know, like it's, it's all right. You know? So I, mm-hmm. I felt like it, it did have some part, but not enough to really be like, no, it was all her. No, I, I really felt it was, it was kind of me taking those decisions to kind of start, you know, like thinking for myself yeah, and being free from, <laughs> all this yeah so now that you are getting free like what's next like what does i don't know <laughs> what what changes about your outlook what changes about your life now that you're done with the church so we've been thinking and we really want to move to you know you know to the west you know to california because we feel like we want to be around people that you know think maybe a little more like us, I guess, or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, our, our whole family over there has left the church. So we feel like moving with them, you know, I think the most important thing when leaving is to find a community because, mm-hmm. you know, the Mormon church was, you know, what we believe to be a community, but, you know, I, I, I could never think if, if it's the only institution that I can think of that considers themselves a community so strongly, but you you feel so isolated yeah. in this community. It's so you, you're you're told to call everyone brother and sister, but I'm not going to lie. I never felt like these people were my brothers and sisters. I felt, I've never felt more isolated in my life mm-hmm. in this community. So I feel like the best thing moving forward is to find, you know, a community, someone, people that we can be around that will support how we feel so that's kind of what we want. We're also affiliating ourselves with more friends who are kind of more, you know, I guess, open-minded or, you know, supportive of our decision. So I think that's kind of more what we're kind of looking for at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, and be- before doing that, um, I don't know, what what community do you feel that you've de- developed right now and what has that transition been like while you're in this transition period it's been great um the community i guess would be a bunch of i actually started talking to some more friends and a lot of them had actually left they just were too scared to tell anyone really Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like this standoff we were kind of asking questions to see Mm -hmm. all right well how far did you actually leave? Did you actually just stop going? So we had this little tag game until I was, one of us kind of said, oh yeah, we're just kind of 
thinking of leaving and all this stuff. And we're like, hey, so have we. And, you know, we reached out to a couple friends who <laughs> have all left. And But you kind of have to play this little tiptoe game. Yeah. You yeah. can't just be like, I've left, you know, with a banner. Or yeah. It would, <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. You kind of, it's, it's like a weird thing. I remember one time I brought up Sunstone around somebody and and they they said oh what's your what's your interest in sunstone i was like oh i just find church history fascinating and they're like oh really from uh from what kind of uh perspective do you find it fascinating i'm like "Mm, i guess you could call it maybe a morbid curiosity and they're like oh really and they just gave me this look of like i think we're on the same page and uh, but yeah. you kind of yeah you do have to do a little tiptoeing a little dancing around and feeling the testing the waters to to see where they're at. But you've you have friends who have also kind of gone through the same thing at kind of similar timing uh, yeah. <laughs> that you figured out that you're on the same page. And it's 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 incredible. I mean, the feeling to know that you have other people that are kind of like, yeah, we feel the same way. We've um, even though we've all gone through different things, we can kind of reconnect knowing that, hey, we've all made the decision to leave. And I think that's awesome. I think yeah. that's uh, finding that community, um, even if it's just one person, it's just it's so healthy for your sanity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes a huge difference. Have you found, like, I found like I'm I'm referring back to like elementary school lessons in my brain when it comes to like making friends. Because when you're in the church, it's like, well, as long as they keep the church standards, like they can be your friend. But now I've had to take a hard look at like, what makes a good friend? Mm-hmm. Have you been through any kind of those like, I'm I'm starting, restarting my life from like eight years old? Yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, I've met friends at work, you know, we're, and I'm an electrician, so construction, um, people work in construction kind of. <laughs> a little rough around the edges kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. So we never really come, we never clash in that aspect, but there are a lot of friends that I had that I honestly can't be friends with them. Their posts are scary. They're like, you know, they, they're very supportive of, um, I believe it was Holland who gave that talk about the muskets. Yeah. They love that. They love quoting it. And I'm okay. like, wow. I'm like, nope, can't, can't. This ends here. Can't right. be, I, I can't be friends with you if you're in support of something that I'm not. Like, I just, mm-hmm. you know, my wife uh, and I had to both start cutting friends out because they were so wanting us to, no matter what, you, as long as you believe their ideology, you're okay in their book. Mm-hmm. And we, we just can't do that. Like this, yeah. just, it just doesn't work. Like, wow. what would you say makes a good friend now? I guess someone who, even if you have differences, can still like love and respect you. You know, mm-hmm. like me and my wife, for instance, may have different political views, but we are able to look past that. And you know, like it's not really something we really bring up or talk about a whole lot, but we can live with each other, even though we feel and think differently. And I mm-hmm. feel like a good friend definitely needs to have that kind of always have a good under, you know, they may not understand what you're going through, but if they can at least listen mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, take the time to maybe like, Hey, I may not know what you're going through, but as long as they have the patience to kind of try and understand, I think that really, it's just, the, I think that's just the thing I'm looking for now. I just really need them to be able to, you know, they may not have to understand me, go through what I went through, 
But if they can kind of try and kind of see where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. I think that just makes a world of difference, in my opinion, yeah. at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, Mormons are some of the loveliest people on the planet. Yeah. I just <laughs> wish that their dogma and like rhetoric and the, you know, all of that um, wasn't so exclusionary. Uh, yeah. That, you know, because uh, they they are good people, but then when they talk about you know musket fire to protect their you yeah. know ideas of what is good and moral and just, um, it kind of like it ruins them. <laughs> like um, it, it puts a, a a bad mark on it, and it it makes it hard to maintain those those friendships. But I'm glad you've been able to find new friendships, and then also find. Uh, old friends who have realized the yeah. same things as you. So I guess I have just one question for y'all. That's okay. I guess mm-hmm. when when y'all made the decision to leave, I guess what, what things did y'all try and do to kind of help cope with leaving? Because I think that's kind mm-hmm. of what we're trying to find more ways to kind of cope with this whole, like, you know, your whole world's crashing and you have to kind of rebuild it up. Like you said, like basically from the age of an eight-year-old yeah. and to make new friends and I guess all that. Yeah. Bishop, do you want to go first? Do you have... So first thing I did, like, you know, in the Matrix, when Morpheus shows um, Neo what the real world's like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He says, welcome to the desert of the real. And yeah. that's kind of how I felt. Another another thing I've heard it described as is like the chasm of nihilism and meaninglessness. And so I spent like probably a year, year and a half just kind of walking out of this worldview and looking at the world basically as like an atheist, um, but in denial about my own atheism and uh, just being absolutely perplexed. Like what's the point? Where's the meaning? What's the purpose? How do I reconstruct these things? And um, ex Mormon podcasts were what I used to fill the void. Um, But listening to people talk about how they're not a part of something anymore doesn't like help you rebuild anything. It just Mm kind of helped at least just help me fill the void. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I found another podcast called philosophize this. And it's just this guy. I don't even know if he's got like a PhD in philosophy or anything, or if it's just a hobby, but he walks through like the history of philosophy going back to the earliest kind of religious thinkers or philosophers. And that what I found after listening to everything, you know, kind of starting with the earliest Greek philosophers, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, um, and other far East religions is that the problem of meaninglessness and human suffering is those are the questions people have been asking themselves for like 10,000 years. Why do people suffer and what's the point of life? And so finding out that I'm not the only one who's asked this question and that people way smarter than me have been stumped by this question just made me feel like I was part of something. And then I think one thing I've been learning to do is like, I'd read the scriptures and everything was an imperative. It was like, Oh, the scriptures say it. So I have to do it this way. I have to think this way. I have to live this way. And so I've started reading some other like philosophy books like i was reading some of the socratic dialogues and then i started reading um 
Marcus Aurelius and uh, I start reading the things he's saying and I'm like, this is the way I have to live my life. Then I'd be like, oh, hold on a second. Nope, I don't. I can actually sit back here and say, these might be good ideas. They're also very old ideas. Um, Is there anything good here? Is there anything wrong here? What do the critics say? What are the criticisms of these ideas? And, uh, and then I take some of it to heart and I, and I discard the rest. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been doing to reconstruct meaning. Wow. I I think um, on, on that um, last point that you made about being able to change your mind and be critical of the ideas that you're adopting or considering adopting um, is that you don't have to adopt them. You don't have to adopt them as is. You can read Marcus Aurelius and be like, well, I like this part of what he says, but not this part. I'm not sure that works for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And because there's not, there's nobody at the top of your life now telling you, this is the way to do it, right? This is the path to take. And uh, and it gives you a lot more freedom. For me, personally, I found a lot of um, pleasure in philosophy, in, you know, reading what other people think and what other people have said, and even in other religions um, and seeing how they see things and coming to appreciate how they see things. Uh, I have a greater appreciation of like the creation myth uh, than than the temple ever gave me. The temple <laughs> bastardizes it and and ruins all the deeper mythology and the deeper meaning that you can pull from that story by making it real. They make it suck, and um, and so I found a lot of pleasure in philosophy as well. But then w- one thing that I've been thinking about more recently um, is that ultimately I think it's all meaningless. Like ultimately the world's going to end at some point, whether it's by our own doing or the sun just expands and engulfs us or it's just time, whatever. Um, Ultimately it's all meaningless, but this moment that I get here isn't right uh, this this time that I get to spend with, you know, Bishop Jensen and brother the brother of Jared, um, <laughs> that's not meaningless. And in this moment, I can appreciate that and I can enjoy that. I can appreciate uh, the lines in the grass as I cut it. I can appreciate the view from the top of a hill after I've climbed it. Yeah, and uh, and I can impre- appreciate the the walk and the process of getting to those places, and so that's kind of the biggest way that I've been able to find meaning afterwards is is um, putting myself in the moment um, with friends, with people, with nature. Uh, honestly, I was telling this to Bishop Jensen the other day when we were chatting. I feel more spiritual after Mormonism as an atheist <laughs> than, than I did when I, when I was Mormon and was being told how to feel spiritual. Yeah. Like I think I believe that not knowing everything is incredible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I, I don't have to know what happens to us after we die. I don't need to know what's going to happen. Like, it's like you're told like this detailed timeline of what to expect. So it's kind of like, 
well, cool. All the mysteries of life are gone, so yeah. I just have to focus on one little aspect, and I'm good to go. And thinking now, after I've left, it's a kind of like I can I like that just doesn't concern me anymore. Like, yeah, I have had to kind of deconstruct what I think of God now, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm actually still struggling with that. Like, I'm not I'm not even sure I'm gonna actually I actually want to believe so that there is a God. I'm just kind of happy knowing that I guess my perspective now is I've just been enjoying things more. Yeah. When I wake up early in the morning, I you know drive through the countryside and I'm like, this is just awesome. Like I'm I kind of like driving and, you know, not knowing what's gonna happen tomorrow, not having to rely on some deity. I like I just it, like you said, it just feels more free and more it's just more incredible this way. Like I've just never felt happier yeah. than, you know, this that I left. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. I feel like, um, this has been a bit of a, a bit of a wholesome episode. And I, I think <laughs> that's, that's something that we look for and something that we hope for. Cause I mean, we called it the XX Mormon podcast. Cause the idea is that we eventually move on. The idea is that eventually we just, we're not Mormon. We're just people. And, and we're not ex Mormon. We're not Mormon. We're not LDS. We're just people living our lives as uniquely and interestingly and, um, and as preciously as, as we can. Um, and so I, I think it's great to hear that. I mean, in seemingly such a short time, but ultimately when you look at the entire process from even before your mission, um, that that you got out um and and that you're able to to see the world in this new light and able to change that too you talk about not being sure whether you believe in god or not you never have to like decide that you never have to you know (laughs) (laughs) like bear your testimony and say i will always feel this way you get to change how you feel um and how you feel gets to change you um yeah. Any final comments as we wrap up here? No, none for me. Uh, same. Um, I'm just, I'm just happy kind of where I'm at now. Like <laughs> I remember asking my friends when I kind of left and I was kind of coming with these conclusions thinking for myself, I was like, man, do you guys always feel like this? And they're like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, this is just kind of being normal as being what being a human's <laughs> like. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. I love it. Um, I mean, I was just, there's so many things <laughs> about the church that I'm kind of glad I'm no longer like really um, have to be involved. I think one of the biggest ones was kind of just knowing, you know, I just, you know, with everything they've done that's kind of sketchy in the past, yeah. I'm also kind of like, I also even like, even if I did still believe in God and I wanted to go to another church, right? Mm-hmm. People have like, can't you just make it work? And I'm like, I don't think I can. Um, I don't think I can personally be affiliated with an institution like this. You know, it's kind yeah. of like, I don't, I don't need to have that reputation of being part of this. You know, it's, yeah. I, I love uh, just one thing that you guys have always brought about where it's like how you kind of see the church, you know, some people kind of, you know, um, you guys like to cook uh, marshmallows on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I love that. I yeah. think that's incredible. <laughs> Well, you can come join the cookout anytime. Um, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Um, 
I guess actually, I I do have I do have one more question for you, uh, brother, the brother of Jared, and that pertains <laughs> to your name. Um, why do you think? Why do you think everybody always calls you just the brother of Jared? Like, does that ever bum you out, or um, or or are you are you happy to be known? <laughs> known by your brothers <laughs> i just i just don't think they could handle the truth you know <laughs> i think it's too much for them. <laughs> it's too much to handle i love yeah. it well in in that case um in the name of the brother of jared uh we close this meeting and thank you for joining us uh amen amen, amen.